Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at zerofoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Hey, here we are back for another episode of Ask Kevin Almost Anything. Um, uh, We've been having a lot of fun with these, and so we're happy that you're tuning in. I am here with the executive director of SixDegrees.org, and my friend, Stacy Houston. Hi, Stacy. Hey, Kev. Good to be back. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. How are the girls? Um, whew, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are, we are raising strong girls. They are, <laughs> they are bright and strong and they are learning how to say no to everybody including mom and dad so yeah. awesome yeah we used to say to Sosie well Sosie had the situation where she um you know had an older brother so uh who was a very very strong personality in in in, in his own right um and you know, it was really super important to both of us and certainly to Kira to make sure that she found her strength and her voice. Um, it Whatever it was, it worked. Um, uh, now that she's in her 30s, she definitely tells it like it is. But one of the things that Kira kind of came up with, I think she sort of came up with it, was she didn't, she used to say, use your power uh, all the time. And... You know, with Travis, he was so powerful that, it, you know, we didn't need to remind him. But mm-hmm. with Sosie, it would be, uh, you know, just a message that we would always, you know, kind of pound the table on. It's okay. Just use your power. Um, tell us tell us what's going on. Tell, tell you know, don't uh, don't get run over by the, by the little boys in your life, you know. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't need to tell you there's so many studies about you know when girls stop raising their hands in class mm-hmm. and you know all those all those things but you know we certainly have to try to fight against that you know um that would have been a good phrase and maybe we can incorporate it i when abby my oldest was about two 
you know, she was starting to communicate um, and, you know, there would be other little kids in her daycare or something like that that were hitting or biting or they'd yell and be like, you can't play with us. And we were like, oh, my gosh, this is a lot for already, you know, two, two and a half. Um, And Abby's response would always be like, they're just having a bad day. <laughs> you know, and we were like, oh my gosh, like That's amazing. I guess this is great, but we were kind of like, Abby, you have to stick up for yourself too, you know, especially if someone's hitting you. I want you to say, you know, please don't 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 touch my body or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so now Abby, she just doesn't want to do what we want her to do and we go to like take her and move her from one place to another. She will yell on the top of her lungs. Don't touch my body. Um, and oh it has God. been very awkward for my husband Danny because a monster. Uh, oh yeah. Um uh, we were on a road yeah, trip. For Danny, to, right. Oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yes. We were on a road trip and he was in taking her to a bathroom break and I was waiting in the car with Eloise and he came out real flustered with her in his arms and I'm like that was quick what was going on and he goes you need to take her I'm like what he's like I am trying to get her to put go onto the toilet and she is yelling in a stall don't touch my body on the oh. top of her lungs in a male restroom oh at like a God. rest stop and oh I was like, wow well okay so that's that <laughs> oh boy so we, oh, that um, is a that is something it, else. It's a balance, you know. I, yeah. You know, she's in that very impressionable age, so she's she's learning it all. But no, it's a, it's a lot of fun. I digress. <laughs> no, that's good. That is really good. Well, we have been receiving uh, questions or comments uh, that have been related to animals. Um, you know, animals, people, the effect that animals and people have on their lives. I think probably because you know, I a lot of people when they comment on my uh social media they'll they'll mention animals you know we use a lot of animals in our in our mm-hmm. social media so our first comment today is from leanne speaks and leanne says animals and music it's definitely a common denominator right i believed i could soothe my elderly dog in this way obviously i've seen you sharing your music with your animal family but any surprising reactions? Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's interesting that uh, I don't know that until the pandemic, I really thought about the connection between animals and music. Let me think about that. I mean, I I've written at least two songs about uh, my dog <laughs> or one of my dogs. <laughs> um, I I grew up. Uh, in a household that didn't have any animals um, because my father didn't like dogs. And one of the reasons, my mother loved them, but my father just wasn't really into them. One of the reasons was is that we had a, he got a dog for my sister um, and the dog bit me. So I was the youngest of six and uh, there was a, probably about, an, it was like an eight year age gap between my, my next oldest sister and me. And this little dog, I think I probably was crawling over trying to eat out of its bowl or something. You know, it, it you know, bit me. Mm-hmm. And then whatever, there was, I don't remember it. I'm not one of those people that ended up with a dog bite and then, you know, was was Fear scarred dog. for life either emotionally mm-hmm. or physically by those things because there are, are those cases. And my father's like, the dog's out of here. 
and we're not getting another dog. The second I moved out of the house, I think probably Tommy, I was about 20. I, uh, I mean, I moved out when I was 17, but it only took me a few years to get to adopt a dog from a pound. And, um, you know, that started years and years and years of dogs. And between Kira and I, I think we had a total of five or something. We don't have one now. And during the pandemic, I also have always loved horses. Uh, even mm-hmm. though I was a city kid, I felt a real connection with horses. We were speaking on on one of uh, these episodes about camp, and that was like a super important camp experience for me was, was connecting with um, horses. I liked the way... I could just feel their energy, and I could feel they 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 calmed me down. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the way they smelled. I like the way they felt. I like to uh, be on them, and and as much as I like to ride them, I also like to just kind of connect with them and groom them and be in the stall and clean out the stalls and and you know all those things were like I just felt a connection with. So by the time I was old enough to get my own place um, and had enough money, I, I was looking for a place where I could keep horses, and I got horses probably in the 80s um, and have had big horses ever since. But during the pandemic, I don't know, for some reason I decided that for our anniversary I should get Kira some goats. And so <laughs> I went and got these miniature goats um, and they were, there was two of them. They were uh, super, super cute. I put them in a stall down in the barn. I didn't tell her about it. And I went down and said, I have a surprise for you for our anniversary. And um, took her in the stall, and there were these two goats looking at her. Um, and she loved them, <laughs> felt a total connection with them. Now, every, for the first uh, probably few months of their lives, in order to kind of socialize them to people, we kept them in a stall uh, before we turned them out into the field. And every morning and every afternoon, I would go down and hang out with them. Sometimes in the morning, it would be, you know, with a cup of coffee. Sometimes in the afternoon, I'd go down and, you know, sit there and drink a beer and and just hang out in the stall with these goats and they would come over and, you know, I would pat them and they, you know, just started kind of like connecting with them. And not to drop a name, but Jimmy Fallon had sort of randomly sent me this instrument that was a three stringed uh, instrument, kind of like a, uh, uh, almost like a uh, dobro, if anybody's familiar with that or, or, uh, you know, with kind of like a drone droning tone on it. And, you know, I started playing it, and one day I was like, "Well, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to play this thing. I'm practicing it. I think I'll just go out and play it with the goats." And so I sit there and play this, you know, funny kind of instrument. And I don't know. It just—I'm not quite sure whether it was that I was uh, calming down because I was playing music or if the actual music was having any sort of effect on them or 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 if their energy was calming me down and so but the whole thing just kind of felt right with songs and music and then I started doing these silly goat songs so you know I would uh post on uh you know social media 
uh, different songs that I wanted to play, and I'd go down and sing to the goats. And, and that menagerie has expanded quite a bit since then. Yeah, I um, I knew a little bit about equestrian therapy, you know, mm. and that can be utilized to really help uh, comfort people in different types of ways and different types of therapies. Um, I feel like goats are popping up in like yoga, like mm-hmm. everywhere. Everything's like, you know, goat yoga and people just want to kind of be near animals in that sense. Um, my mom had a stroke several years back. Um, she since passed. But when she was rehabilitating in like a therapy center, there would be a woman that would come through with like a therapy dog. Um, and honestly, I think some of it was for, um, you know, her as like the person that was it, working in that space and, and trying to help others um, by sharing this passion that she had for her her canine. But um, I saw a lot of people that didn't have a lot of visitors at all. You know, no one was kind of there seeing them day to day. And they really obviously took to getting to spend time with the animals and just pet them and kind of cuddle up with them. And no, I think there's a real power in animals and humans in that connection, kind of unspoken connection. Yeah, they say that the horse's heartbeat is pretty similar to ours. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I've I've learned a lot about, um, myself from, from just kind of spending a little bit of time with animals. I mean, you know, because they can so often pick up on, you know, your, your stress levels and, and, um, your energy, you know, I, I'll see people that will come and, and, hanging out with our animals we we now have a situation where uh you know there's we have pigs and uh goats and chickens and um alpaca and uh miniature horses and and they're all sort of in this place together um and a lot of times people's relationship to animals in uh, you know, kind of petting suit situations are is 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 often about food, and uh, you know, of course, an animal is going to be responsive to food, but we always try to re- you know re- interact with them as much as possible where there's no mm-hmm. food involved. And what I've noticed is that they don't always need the food in order to be interested to see you, you know. Um, they will if 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 Kira or I go out and just you know sit down, they'll just come hang out for no other reason than you know it's not like they they come and you don't have any food and then they just split they'll just they just want to hang out and and I certainly have found that very very ther- therapeutic and sometimes I just feel my heart rate coming down my starting to be more in touch with my breath or getting out out of my head a little bit you know i think that one of the things that is it can be really good about pet ownership is that you know you you have to focus on something other than yourself a little bit now i I, i'm all about being self-aware and and uh you know not bury your head in the sand in terms of 
the problems in the world or or the or the problems in in your own personal life. But sometimes it's good to step out of the of your own personal thoughts and your own personal head. I mean, that's kind of what meditation is, right? A way to kind of stop thinking a little bit. And if you were sometimes with an animal, you're thinking about that animal, you can, you know, just kind of turn the volume down on, on the thoughts that are, at least I can, on the thoughts that are inside your head. That's a good way to, to describe it. Turn the volume down. Yeah. 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 A little bit of a reprieve. Yep. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, obviously we've had incredible, you know, connections and the kids have to, to their dogs. Um, both of, both of my children, you know, of course are, are pet owners. And, and a lot of times I'm like, no, don't get another pet. Oh no. What are you doing? It's so much responsibility, especially, especially dogs. I mean, dogs are so much of a responsibility nobody, everybody goes out and just kind of gets one because their puppies are cute, you know, mm-hmm. and and a lot of times they're they're not willing to put the time in or they're not willing to to, to train them, train yeah. them. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it is a it's a it's a problem. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you you uh, you really I've learned over the years, um, even though we've had quite a few dogs that some people would consider untrainable. <laughs> <laughs> but but we we put a lot of time and a lot of effort into them and um you know the time that you spend and the effort that you you do you know really does pay off i mean it really does it really does pay off um but you have to know that i guess what i'm saying is i'm not um not lobbying for you know everybody running out and, and getting a pet but you, because you have to know that you're going to be spending mm-hmm. quite a few years, you know, it's yep. not just, that's just going to be the first few months or the first few years. I mean, we had a dog, we had an 18 year old dog. That was a, that was a big chunk of our lives that we spent, you know, with that, with that animal and mm-hmm. being responsible for that animal, walking, feeding, vetting, caring for, training, picking, picking up poop, you know, just buckets and buckets of poop so and add it all up. <laughs> You know, it's a big, yeah. it's a big, it's a big thing. Um, I do think that there is, uh, there is, I mean, I, I'm sure there's been studies done about the possibility of animals to, uh, to create a, a healing force in people's lives. Absolutely. Um, thanks, Leanne. That was a really good question. Yes. Thoughtful. Thank you, Leanne. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant. Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes 
and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. All right, you want to jump into question number two? Okay, here comes question number two. This is from Allie Kenny. Hey, Kevin, I've been loving the podcast so far. Thank you, Allie. The episode with Thomas Rhett was great. I loved hearing you talk about music. Speaking of music, the legendary Paul McCartney is a big supporter of Meat Free Mondays. You should cover this on the podcast. P.S. I love the Bacon Brothers and can't wait to see you guys again in November. Oh, well, that's very nice. Um, yeah, thanks. Okay, so, yeah, uh, that was a great episode with Thomas Rhett. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I love... Listen, uh, you, we one of the things I've loved about this podcast uh, is that uh, it hasn't just been actors. You know, it hasn't just been people from the from the movie business. Uh, there's been musicians and people in sports and um, uh, you know, uh, reality television. And you know, we had Deepak Chopra the other day, a, a doctor and a. a you know, spiritualist and, 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 and it's been really, that's been really kind of, you know, really kind of fun and, and, and interesting. And I'm, so I'm glad that, so getting with Thomas Rhett or getting with Jewel, for instance, we had those of, you know, two of the musicians that we've had is, it's just fun to talk music. I'm, I'm always fascinated with, you know, people in terms of like their songwriting process Mm -hmm. and, what they feel about life on the road and, you know, trying to break out and keep things fresh from a creative standpoint. So, so thanks. I'm glad you, I'm glad you enjoyed it. And, um, you know, he's got this new record. Uh, I think it's called 20, right? It, or, uh, it's like 20, 20 number yeah. ones or something like that. It's basically it's all number ones. It's like, yeah, number and, one yeah. hits. Yeah, it was like 20 <laughs> of them. I mean, it's great. It's, it's amazing. And, and it's great. It's a great record. He's, he's a, Great writer, great singer, um, and really good dude. So I'm glad he was there with us. But now the second question uh, that you mentioned is about Paul McCartney and his Meat Free Monday. So I can tell you, um, you know, I, when I meet actors, I've worked with a lot of very, very famous people, and and you know the 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 top 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 uh, actors ever in our in our business i've gotten the chance oftentimes to interact with and and work with you know and you know actors i love it i think of them as sort of colleagues and it's doesn't really um you know it doesn't really affect me that much or i don't get thrown that much from from i don't get starstruck let's put it that way if i meet a musician that I grew up with. That's where I turn into the babbling, you know, kind of like starstruck dude. And so I have met Paul McCartney. Um, 
and he is one of those guys that, um, you know, we've only met kind of in passing, but he's the type of person that immediately sort of puts you at ease. I don't know how people do that, you know, um, who are that, that well-respected, that famous, that, that type of a person that, Words like genius have been applied to, you know, so many times that a person that has had such a musical and impact on our, on all of our lives, when they're able to just make you feel like you're just, you know, talking, you know, to your dentist or whatever, you know, what I mean, it's really, a, it's really a nice, it's a nice, it's a nice skill that he has in terms of that. Um, so, yeah, I right, actually... I, I, I actually have to stop you real quick. Okay. So you have that same effect. I, I can't tell you the amount of times that we've, you know, had people that have met you and have done work with us that are like, Kevin is just, you know, so easy to talk to. And, um, and it's kind of disarming, I think, you know, and I don't think, I think when people aren't used to being around famous people, you know, they say, don't meet your heroes. They're kind of nervous about that bubble bursting but I think similarly you have that effect the first time I met you I was super nervous mm-hmm. because I was like what 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 to expect I was also coming to work for you so it's like coupled with right. being your first day on the job right, right? right and I remember um you coming down from your from the hotel with with Michael and you said I'll just ride with you and I'm like oh, okay is- and you, you jumped into my Prius and I'm thinking I hope do I need more insurance I what if I get into a car accident with Kevin Bacon like what does that mean um and but you immediately started asking me questions about my family you know where I was from if I had siblings and and really taking like a like just an authentic approach at like getting to know somebody um and I do think that not everyone does that I mean, having done this work for a good amount of time now, almost a decade, I'll tell you that this is not always the case, you know, and you, th- right. so, um, it's nice to hear that Sir Paul McCartney is also, um, a real genuine dude or sir, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. He really, I mean, he really is. I mean, I, I, of course I would, you know, love to someday spend more time and, and, you know, I mean, the thing about it is, is that. I guess you have to kind of judge, uh, you know, how much somebody wants to share about, you know, their work and and the things that they've done. Because you know, you, you know, with someone like that, you can imagine that the just so many people say, you know, you just changed my life with that song. And I mean, you, I, you know, do, at what point do you keep? Do you keep responding to that, or do you still are you still open to to hearing that type of thing? It's a, who knows. But um, I love the music. I love the music with the Beatles. I love the music beyond the Beatles. Um, and uh, and I just think he's a super super cool guy. And 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 yeah, I hope our paths cross again. And meaningless Mondays. So uh, I am not. Are you a vegan? Stacey, yeah, no, 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 no. I have dabbled in the vegan arts. You've dabbled, um, <laughs> right? Okay, in the vegan arts. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, what for? For how long were you? I mean, were you dabbling. So, I decided that I was going to do, you know, like many people, January approaches, and you're like, I'm going to 
do I'm going to eat clean, right? So mm-hmm. um, I told my husband we were going to eat clean for a month, um, mm-hmm. just kind of like reset, start the year off right. I guess what I didn't tell him is that we were going to be doing vegan, um, which he really protested pretty hard. Um, oh, really? I think he's one of those adamant people. He's like, I need meat to survive. Like right. I, right. And he, you know, was very cranky for about a week, but then he... I think reset a little bit and was like, mm-hmm. okay, like we can eat some pretty delicious meals. I need I meat, c- but I, c- I need my marriage more. Exactly. And it was, yeah. and he also wasn't going to be in the kitchen cooking every single meal. So um, uh-huh. I'm like, you're eating what I'm cooking or you can definitely cook for yourself, um, mm-hmm. which he's not opposed to, but he's, um, he, you know, if I'm cooking, he's going to prefer to eat that. So it was fine. We did it for 30 days. Um, I did feel great. I'm not a big fan of like tofu and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, mm-hmm. they kind, it kind of almost gives me a headache. Tempeh, I think maybe, what do you think about tempeh? Yeah, tempeh is a little. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of wheat. Isn't tempeh wheat? Yeah, I, I mm-hmm. don't actually know. Um, I don't know. I don't know either. That's soybean as well. Okay, it? well, don't quote me on this, folks. I'm vegan. I know. We're clearly not vegans here. But yeah. um, I do like the idea of meat-free, um, eating meat-free a few times a week. Um you know, uh, I I like cheese, so it would be a hard thing for me to go completely mm-hmm. vegan in that sense. But mm-hmm. what about you? Have you ever tried it? Uh, no, I well, not vegan. I mean, I I was a vegetarian for a while, but you know what's funny oh. about that? I have this. I have a little bit of a of a bone to pick here, so to speak. <laughs> um, shouldn't there just if if you're a vegetarian, it's in the word. Mm-hmm. You should just be eating vegetables. So I don't really see why vegetarians and vegans should be different. If you're eating cheese and eggs and occasionally fish, you're not a vegetarian. I don't understand that. People say, but I'm a vegetarian, uh, but I eat, um, you know, uh, whatever. Fish. Animal mm-hmm. products. Yeah, you yeah, you know, yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense to me. So that being said... I was a vegetarian for quite a few years. I was one of those, you know, I, I call it a bagel-tarian because basically you're a vegetarian, but you eat cheese and bagels all the time mm-hmm. um, and pizza and, you know, all those things. Um, it was really because I was dating a girl who, you know, wouldn't have, wouldn't go out with me if I was going to eat, you know, <laughs> <laughs> bacon. Nice. <laughs> she's like i'll uh, take I, your last name but i will not eat yes exactly <laughs> yeah um and and you know i now um i don't eat pigs anymore mm-hmm. and it's it's makes no sense at all but i love my pigs so much jude and johnny that the idea it just changed my mind about eating them and somebody once said to me say well you don't have to eat your pigs you could eat other people's pigs <laughs> And uh, I said, that's, that's, that's fine. Awful. I don't eat lamb. Um, I don't like okra, uh, but that's just because I don't like okra. Slimy. Um, I yeah, don't slimy. get the okra thing. I don't, you I don't? don't get it at all. Okay. It's, not, it's not my thing. All right. Well, when you're coming over for dinner, we're not having okra. Okay. No uh, You know, so I got a couple of things that I'm not that crazy about. I'm not eating goats. I mean, maybe it's just that, I don't know. Just the animals we have, we're not, not eating, but I don't know. Uh, uh, but I do certainly do have at least a day a week of 
meatlessness. Um, I don't really know why. I mean, partly because I kind of feel like it's fun to experiment with different things to eat. I mean, I like to do that all the time with, with all mm -hmm. different kinds of food, uh, whether it's, you know, trying, I don't know, pho or, you know, or mm -hmm. something Indonesian or, or, you know, going to a, you know, an African restaurant or, or, you know, whatever, just trying different, you know, things. Um, yeah. I love food and, uh, and I, and I think it's interesting, you know, I just having some friends over, I actually think it's kind of interesting that people are starting to look closely at the food that they eat and the things that they put in their bodies and hopefully will continue, um, as we were talking about on the podcast to look at the source of, of the foods that, mm -hmm. that we're eating. I mean, it is a really, um, sometimes frightening and overwhelming thing, but it is also great to kind of be, you know, aware of what it is that, that, you know, you're willing to put in your body, but I have some friends coming over, uh, for dinner and later on in the week and, and I uh, reached out to my buddy and I said, okay, just remind me, uh, what, what's the dietary thing? And he can't have anything that uh has any kind of nuts in it and oh. um that's like a serious allergy though no it's a right? serious no 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 yeah. it's really bad he's he's got the epi pen and the whole thing yeah. ready to go yeah he's yeah <laughs> he said to me uh once you know you know it's not a real party until the epi pen comes out <laughs> <laughs> so he's a very funny guy he's very used to this but also no seafood and then I was like, okay, now, and then also gluten-free. So, so you know, it, it presents challenges, but that's that to me is what's really kind of fun about, about food and stuff is when you go, okay, well, you know, working within these parameters, whether it's veganism or, or you know, allergies or whatever, you can, you know, experiment with new ways to create something delicious. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm, I'm up for the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was a good, that was a really good question, Allie. Um, veganism, eating clean. There's a lot to unpack there. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. 
With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Let's jump in. Our next question is actually a caller in from Jack Thomas. Hey, Kevin. My name is Jack Thomas, pronouns Shive. I'm recording today because I want to ask, what is your personal experience and your opinion on the link between creative education, mental health, and creative careers? I'm an artist and former art educator who has watched art and music and theater programs be the first to go, or at least the first impacted, when budget cuts happen. This seems to mostly affect districts that serve low-income and BIPOC kids, speaking from personal experience here. Consequently, these kids, just like I did, often grow up with basically no support for creativity as a mental health lifeline, and they definitely do not think of creative fields when they think about viable career paths. Way too many of us get there way too late. I really love the work that my friend David Greiner, formerly of Bad Week, is doing with Brian Reynolds through their recently launched nonprofit, Creative Ladder. But they can only do so much. They're just one order. So what I'm asking is, if you could send a message to public school systems in the U.S. about the link between creative education, mental health, and career success, especially in creative fields, what would it be? Hey, uh, Jack, thank you so much for this question. Um, I am a very very strong supporter of, of, of the arts when it comes to mental health and certainly uh, starting with kids. Um, I was incredibly lucky to be raised in a household where creative expression was put on a giant pedestal by my parents. They really didn't care what our grades were like. They really didn't give us any kind of messaging to a fault in terms of like how to make money. Um, and they weren't big fans of sports. Um, but, I, and I'm not putting down sports and education and, and, uh, and money, but when it came to doing something creative, that was put on a pedestal and it was make a, make a, a drawing. Uh, sculpt something, create a costume, do a dance, write yourself a song, write a play, pick up an instrument, um, do anything of a, of, a, of a creative nature. And it was so informative for me. And not only that, it was so uh, important to my own um, mental health. Uh, you know, I've often talked about it, I've talked about it on the podcast of getting into um, uh, an acting class as a, as a young kid and all of a sudden feeling uh, safe and feeling like I had a place uh, that I could express myself in a way that I really wasn't able to uh, in school or on the street. You know, a lot, a lot of it was wrapped up in being a boy and, you know, trying to be tough all the time and, and, and survive. And all of a sudden in the acting classes, you know, I could just kind of be anything that I wanted to be. And in terms of music, in the public school system, 
at that time, if you wanted an instrument, you could get an instrument. Mm -hmm. They would have, this is in Philadelphia, you know, it would start, you know, as a, as a little kid with a recorder and they just gave you this, you know, plastic recorder and you would play this little kind of flute thing and figure out putting your, your fingers on it and, and learn a song. And then from that point on, if you wanted music lessons, if you wanted to be in the school band, it was it was always always there for you, and those programs are, as as you pointed out, the first to go. Uh, when cuts happen, um, uh, Stacy and I, with Six Degrees, have been involved in a in a couple of sort of creative and and music based uh, organizations. One of which was called Rock to the Future, which is in Philadelphia. Uh, which was my hometown, um, and what they do is they provide places for you know underserved communities and kids to make music, to play instruments, to uh, record, to put bands together. You know, um, these things are happening in in classical and in visual arts and all the all all this. But you're right; it is a it is extremely important and. You know, I'm sure there's a lot, tremendous amount of research and information about, uh, you know, kids and and their own mental health and, uh, you know, around being able to have creative expression. But, you know, what I always like to just, you know, kind of point the, point, uh, the example out, which is when people are playing music, uh, nobody's getting hurt, you know? No one's mm -hmm. shooting each other, right? No one's, yeah. you know, you know, you're not, you're not fighting, you know, you're, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're making music and, mm -hmm. and it's gotta be a, it's gotta be a, a positive thing. Don't you think Stace? Oh, a hundred percent. Um, and that's actually one of the core ways we know rock to the future is using it as a tool to reduce gun violence and to create outlets. Um, we're also, you know, when we kind of interviewed the different students, um, through these different network partners, they all said the same kind of underlying thing which was that they felt like this created space for them to uh, be safe to have community they felt like they were seen and listened to um, there was a real belonging um, which we know has a direct effect to someone's mental health and mental wellness so um, you know looping back to Jack's really thoughtful um, submission I think that the education systems need, I think we as constituents of them need to figure out a better way to ensure that kids have access to the arts, um, whether it's through music or performance. Um, but these types of outlets are so critical in, in giving young people a way to express themselves um, and to have something of their own. Yeah. That great. That was a great question, and uh, thank you, Jack. Thanks, thanks for that. Um, you know, we're. I, I want to look into this uh, this organization that that uh, she mentioned around the um, that I guess Ryan, Ryan Reynolds maybe is involved with somehow. Yeah. So we, we should check that out. That sounds cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We'll put the information in the in the notes. Um, we're gonna do one last quick question before we wrap up today's awesome episode. All right. And this one is from Lex Lumiere. 
hope I'm pronouncing your last name correctly, Lex, um, who's from the U.S. Department of Arts and Culture. Hello, Kevin. My name is Lex Lemaire. I'm a citizen artist and cultural partner with the United States Department of Arts and Culture. February 7th of 2020, I was volunteering for the Tim Tebow Night to Shine event at Houston's First. And this church is older than the state of Texas. So 100 years ago, there would be no dancing and no music being played other than, you know, the worship team. What I thought was really interesting is as the decorations were going up for this event, which is a really amazing event for special needs, for them to have a prom all their own. So it's really sweet. And people were coming in. It was just a really nice time. And your Footloose song came on from the film. And this gentleman was like, I really like this song. And I thought, this is amazing. Out of all places, they are playing this song in this church that's hosting a dance for people. Because, you know, 100 years ago, that would have never happened. And I just wanted to ask you what you think about the openness and the inclusion of the arts into, you know, churches and facilities of spiritual practice. You know, what you think about that. I was just amazed and impressed at the same time. Hey, thanks, Lex, so much for that that question. Uh, it, it's interesting. Let me let me. Um, it, you're tying a lot of things together that have actually um, been a, a part of my life, coincidentally. Uh, the first one that you mentioned is Footloose, right? Where there's a there's a town and uh, and people are not allowed to dance, and the and the the uh, rules are set by this minister in the town and uh, played by John Lithgow. And he's, you know, it's, it's, um, it, this, this, ex this kind of creative expression is, is looked at as anti-religion. Uh, and it's been a while since I've seen the movie, but I think I used the Bible when I talked to the town council and say that there were, uh, I think there's a quote about, in the Bible about leaping and dancing. Um, yeah, I mean, the church has... Uh, let, let me first frame this by saying I, I'm, I'm not what I would consider a, a spiritual person, I, and I, I, I don't go to church at, at this point in my life. Um, but the, the, the church has always been a place where there has been art. I mean, in, incredible art. Uh, um, you know, all... In the, in the beginning of the visual arts, that's, that was all the art that was made was, uh, you know, iconography and, and uh, religious paintings and religious art. In fact, when it's kind of moved away from there, you know, that was the blasphemous, you know, time was when people started painting things that, that weren't religious. Um, and music, uh, for sure. And, and dance in, in all kinds of religious practices. There is music and dance and art. And so I think there is a, there is a very powerful connection. Of, and of course, I would uh, encourage that in, in places of worship that, that people experience art. And, and the other reason is because if you are, you know, trying to get to a higher, you know, kind of personal plane, and maybe this connects to the, the last the question we were talking about in terms of mental health, you know, music uh, certainly and dance as well, you know, can be um, calming and can can take you to uh, other kind of realms of, of consciousness, I think. You know, even staring at a picture of the beautiful 
portrait or a beautiful uh, landscape or whatever. I mean, I think that I think there's a, a very strong connection. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I I come from I don't want to say the other side, but I I I probably would consider myself spiritual. But for me, when I'm like singing or um, to use Lex's words like worshiping, I feel closeness to you know, uh, who I believe my creator to be, right? More so than any other time. And I think a lot of people, like you said, with lots of different cultures, different religions around the world, that's actually what my my degree is in, my under undergrad degree is religious world studies. Um, yeah. And so I always found it really fascinating to see the connections of different religions and groups of people. I found that there was way more in common than not. We tend to focus on the not thing, mm-hmm. things that we don't have in common um, that drive a wedge instead of like the overwhelming majority of things that we are so similar in. Um, so yeah, no, I, and I think I actually have spent some time in places in the world where you see this like convergence that I, I believe Lex was speaking to where what seems to be these unlikely um, elements are coming together at this focal point And you feel like, like you're standing in awe of something that's really cool that's happening. Um, I think the world needs more of that. I think we need to have more opportunities to see these different elements, seemingly different elements, you know, come together. Um, I think we'd be in a better place. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I'll also tell you something else, Lex, that, that you might find interesting. And that is that when I was a little boy, uh, my father never went to church. Uh, he was raised a Quaker and had sort of, I don't know, sort of walked away from the Quaker meeting. Um, and it wasn't in his life. But my mother had found uh, this church in our neighborhood that she was very involved with. And it was a Unitarian church, which is one of those religions where it's supposed to be very inclusive of all religions. Um, and she would go all the time. And there was a minister at this Unitarian church who was, I guess, I guess you would nowadays call him a progressive kind of minister. And and he loved theater. He really was obsessed with theater. So the very first acting that I ever did was in church uh, because he would sometimes take little sections of uh, plays, I guess they were, and use them to kind of put a, a point across in his uh, sermons. And sometimes there were parts for a young man or a child, I guess, because I was had to be very little. And uh, and so I would go. And and that was really where I first, you know, was, uh, you know, learned how to act and had to learn lines and, you know, got nervous and did all this stuff. Was uh was at the at the Unitarian Church of Philadelphia in, in, in Center City, Philadelphia. And so that was a definite connection of, of the arts and, and the, the spiritual place of worship. A star was born. You hear that story <laughs> all the time. I feel like so many singers that oh, go yeah. on to win Grammys, like they, they started in the church. Um, oh, Absolutely. Because that's where yeah. they could sing, you know, um, yeah. and got yeah, to work true, on their yeah. craft every Sunday. Yeah. So, 
That's a very, very good question. Thanks, Lex. Thank so you, Lex. That's a wrap. All right. Well, this was fun. Thank you, Stacy. Sure um, thing. And folks, I hope you're enjoying these Ask Kevin Almost Anything episodes. We're having a good time with them. And, uh, you know, keep the uh, keep the questions coming. Uh, I really uh, I find this really fascinating. It's always it's always interesting uh, because you guys out there are, are, you know, kind of doing our jobs in a way, you know, trying to highlight and find interesting causes and people who are or have great stories. It's 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 uh, it's it's a lot of fun and it's a lot of fun to hang out with you, Stacey. Same. I'm enjoying it. Keep the questions coming. If you are inspired by today's episode, please join us in supporting SixDegrees.org by texting the word BACON to 707070. Your gift empowers us to continue to produce programs that highlight the incredible work of everyday heroes, while also enabling us to provide essential resources to those that need it the most. Once again, text BACON to 707070 or visit SixDegrees.org to learn more. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.